Geisa Radio, where you are family. I am Rian, and we are taking a closer look at the fight to have Premarin banned in South Africa. This alleged highly dangerous drug is South Africa's primary transgender hormone replacement therapy in many public health care facilities. Transgender activist Katya Lamar-Williams, a Durban-based nurse, has launched a petition to have this highly dangerous drug banned in the country. Speaking to Gaisa Radio, Katya says, Premarin is a drug used to treat vaginal dryness and it is also used to treat trans women in South Africa. It is used at HRT. This drug is poisonous. That's correct, Rianne. It is actually very poisonous. It causes DVT, strokes, heart attack, just to mention a few. The other thing I think that I sort of discovered in my research, and I just want you to sort of clarify for me here, is it true that it is made of horse urine? Yes, it is true. And these horses are ill-treated, Rianne. They are kept in a stable where they are forced to stand for over five months, and then their urine are collected in that way. They are forced to use, like a rubber glove on the testicles or wherever it is placed and that's how they collect it. Now, in South Africa, Premarin is the preferred drug prescribed by a government for a hormone, for hormone replacements. That's correct, Rayan. But certain places in South Africa, they also prescribe estrofem. If it's possible, I'm going to mention a hospital which is based in Cape Town that is Grotesky Hospital. They have a protocol for trans women who refuse to take Premarin. So they can either choose Premarin or Estrofem. And most trans women in Cape Town are on the Estrofem drug at the moment. So my question to the South African Medical Association is why is that Grotesky is the only hospital in South Africa providing Estrofem to transgender women? What makes them different from the rest of the country? And of course, it looks like this is being an experiment conducted on transgender people. Yeah, with this, this whole permanent thing. I totally agree with you, Rian. That's what most trans women are saying. Um, they, this Dr. Alma from I don't, I'm not sure if she's from Hortesky Hospital, but she conducted um, research and she has stated that they're using this drug to basically um, do certain experiments to find out. We, how many trans women are using it. And at the moment, I believe there's 55% of trans females using Premarin at the moment. And apparently it's only effective for 10 months, and then it sort of starts losing its effectiveness. That's correct. So there's less, um, how can I say, there's more um, dangers by taking Premarin and less results. You have taken it upon yourself to launch a petition to get this stuff banned in South Africa. I have, and I'm, I'm a bit frightened because there are a few people threatening me and stuff, but I'm not going to give up. It's about time someone stands up for the transgender community. We do deserve to get something more safer. We want estrogen implemented as a protocol in all state hospitals in South Africa. Katya, you mentioned threats. What kind of threats have you been getting? Basically, there are a few counsellors, um, transgender counsellors that I had mentioned. I will be the cause of um, state hospitals closing the doors and stop treating transgender women. And I always ask them, why is that? Is it because we're speaking up? Why should we sit back and allow the state hospital to keep feeding us poison when they know for themselves it's not good to hand this out to trans women or cisgendered women for in this matter? I think one one other question is, why is it that government hospitals are prescribing it? Is it a cheap drug? Is it easy accessible? What is the issue around that? 
According to the information given by a friend of mine, it seems to me as if Estrofem is actually cheaper, but the state hospitals buy Premarin for a reduced price. You see, Rian, this, this drug is given from other countries where it's banned, so they're basically dumping it here for us to use. And because it's a cheaper option, I believe that the state hospitals are purchasing them, not worrying about transgender health. Of course, you are a nurse yourself, so you've got some medical background about this. I do, I do. I think you'd go to my Facebook page, that's Katia Lamar Williams, and just scroll down and we'll see the petition there. Otherwise, we can go on to Mamba Girl um, Facebook page. They will find a link to it there as well. Launching the petition with Katia is a friend, Sarah Brits. Sarah, a social worker, has experienced severe side effects from the drug. Premarin. You have been exposed to the side effects, the dangers, and the risks. Um, I'm, you know, as I'm interested from a personal point of view, but also I'm a social worker. So my curiosity is a little bit bigger than just me. Um, I was started out in Cameroon, and I was a little bit ignorant as to what the drug was all about. And it made me quite ill. What? How did you get ill from it? Um, well, initially on the lower dose, I was actually fine. And then when they bumped it up to a 1.25 milligram, I started to feel very dizzy and sick. And um, I almost looked quite drunk when I was walking out. I had needed to go to the shop. And I had to hold on to the wall because everything was just kind of just spinning around. And I came back up to my floor. And as I got to the, <laughs> to the floor, everything just came out. And, you know, when you throw up, it has a distinct smell. Well, this had a completely different smell. It actually smelled like urine. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of, that piqued my interest. And I then decided that I need to find out a little bit more about this drug. And that's when I started to get stuck in to what are some of the side effects of this, of this drug. And I discovered that actually, it's horse urine from pregnant mares. And then I went deeper into it. I actually read the packaging suit and they, they have a beautiful sort of writing that it's all natural. But the side effects were quite ghastly. It causes all kinds of problems like deep vein thrombosis, cardiovascular incidences such as stroke, uh, myocardial infarction, um, well, DVT, and many other things, including the fact that the breast uh, tissue doesn't form properly. So it doesn't look very natural at all. In fact, it looks quite elongated. And I looked at people's breasts that were on prevalent, it didn't look natural. Besides that, it's also an extremely cruel drug to be offering, um, especially with animal rights, you know, they'd be very conscious about animal rights. The way this drug is taken, it's taken from horse urine, pregnant mares. And um, they actually confine them for approximately five months, give them less than the water that they require, and then collect it because it's more concentrated, and they just store the premarin from that. So if the horse is sick, you can be sure that this is going to be passed on to a human. For how long were you on the Premarin before you got sick? Because only when I was up the dose to 1.25 that I started getting ill. Um, I was on it for three months and then they upped the dose. I was very unhappy with my breast growth. And um, I told Prof. Dave, I said, look, 
I'm really not happy with my breast growth at all. And he said, okay, well, let's, let's increase it. So, you know, you, you just uh, go along with what, what, what has been given, what's, what's been prescribed. And still I felt as if I'm getting no joy. But what, what actually happened was I, I got my file, I was getting my sex loaded. Um, I opened my file and I saw in the file that there were options. And one of the options was estrogen. Now, I belong to the male to female um, transgender hormone forum. And on there, it says that estrogen, estrogen is actually bioidentical estrogen and it's far healthier for, for, for one to take that. So I went onto the South African Support Group for Transgender People and I started to ask questions and started to say, are you guys happy with Premarin? And a few people said to me, no, you know, it's a very bad drug and get off the stroke. And that also again sparked my interest. But what I found was that very few people actually uh, were open about the side effects of the drug. And I can only put that down to that they are afraid that if they start talking, that state hospitals will then say, look, if you don't want to take Premarin, we're not going to offer you anything. And our gender dysphoria is so bad that we would rather kill ourselves than um, take something that is bioidentical. Can you see the dilemma? It's, it's, it's nasty. This is really hectic. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned that the, uh, there, were, there were other people that you spoke to that also had, were influenced. Um, so this is like a, a widespread thing. It's not just confined to, let's say, KZN, or it's like widespread. It is. I mean, I'm in Cape Town. So Katia and I actually met on that forum. And then I belonged to the male to female um, transgender woman forum. And Dr. Juno Kran, who is a biophysicist, um, I actually wrote down what my prescription was, and she came back at me and said to me, that is awful HRT. Um, now, she has a PhD in biophysics. So she simply understands a lot more than I do. And I started to question, and that's when I started to question, I said, saying, hey, but this is dangerous. It also causes subclinical brain damage. Um, it, can, it can be found in Science Direct, an overview of Premarin, found that it actually causes the um, shape and size of the brain to change in, in women that are postmenopausal from 65 to 80, um, that the onset of dementia is far greater in, than those on the placebo. Now, I mean, you know, quite honestly, if that's the case and that's what it's doing, then quite honestly, it should be pulled from the shelf. How do you feel about what happened? I feel like, you know, I was never given an option. I was never told. I mean, the only thing I was told was my one breast could grow longer than my other by, by, by the head of department of endocrinology. I mean, that in itself can freak one out. Um, so that really just freaked me out. But that's the only thing that I actually knew. And I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, maybe plastic surgery will fix that or what have you. It's absolute nonsense. There's a petition out now to get this banned from South Africa. What, yes. what is the objective with this? Do you think it will achieve anything? You know, the thing is that um, doctors don't write on your death certificate myocardial infarction as a result of Premarin use or, intake or ingestion. They don't do that. They will just say myocardial infarction because if they add Premarin as a cause, you can go to court and see the, the health of them. Many women shouldn't be on this. In fact, um, I read somewhere in one of the um, forums 
where they say that around 50,000 women in South Africa will die as a direct result of taking Premarin. That's a frightening thought. That's a very frightening thought. And you won't get medics saying what was the cause, except for, obviously, the obvious symptoms of, of what it is. You know, the, the history, etc., etc., might not be available. Um, and so if you die of a stroke, you die of a stroke, but not as a result of the fact that you're taking Premarin. So it's skewed. The whole thing is skewed. And in Britain, there were two studies conducted, one in the early 70s, um, where they were actually um, hypothesizing that Premarin could actually benefit people with cardiovascular disease. Um, they, they had to stop the study midstream and uh, because people were actually getting cardiovascular uh, events as a result of taking Premarin. They then did the study in 1997 on a similar kind of, of basis, and this can be found in the Lancet. And this is what, what got Britain so anti-Premarin, was they found that they had to also stop the study because of the cardiovascular events that were occurring at that time. So if, if two studies, major studies are conducted and they have to stop in midway, why is that information not full swing down? I mean, what, what exactly, why is Premarin still on the market? It's a 1940s drug and it's still being used in 2018. I absolutely agree with you, and I think we should kind of create awareness that people know what they're up against with this. Absolutely, they should pull this drug off. It's banned in, in a lot of first world countries. You, you cannot get Premarin. So they dump it here, and this is what was discussed in the forum as well. They dump it in third world countries because nobody's actually going to ask any questions. You know, we're hoping that nobody's going to actually ask any questions. Now, as a transgender female, I'm very interested and very invested in my HRT. Um, more so than cisgender women, because I want to feminize, and I want to know which is the best drug that's going to help me to feminize other than surgery. Um, so that's why I'm so invested in understanding what it is exactly that these drugs are doing to our bodies. Now, estradiol is safe, it's bioidentical, but people swallow it, and that's where the problem comes in. Estradiol hemolate should actually be put out of the tongue for 30 minutes, the absorption is better than swallowing it, and the breast growth is just amazing, and it's proper breast growth. I'm just hoping that somebody asking is going to listen to us and say, okay, we're taking it off. But what I'm worried about, Rian, is I'm really worried about this, that they get on their high horse and they say, look, this is a f almost free service, so therefore, because you're complaining, we're going to withdraw the drug and we can't offer you this because this is, you know, this is all we've got. That's what I'm worried about. So there's like intimidation happening here as well on a very sub subtle level. Absolutely. You know, they can easily pull the, pull, uh, the plug on, on transgender clinics. They, in fact, don't get funded nationally. They get funded sort of locally. So um, you start to complain about the drug and then everybody uh, pulls out. And I think that this is where the trans community which, I mean, you don't have very strong voices, we can't shout like you guys. But, you know, it's like um, we're now having to say, what do we choose, our gender dysphoria or do we, or do we just take this drug and feel better about ourselves? Um, and quite frankly, you know, it's, it's a very difficult one because a lot of people, including myself, suffer with gender dysphoria. 
so to rather be on a drug is better than not to be on a drug. And I actually said that if they don't give me estrogen, I will just continue with Premarin. Premarin is not only said to be very dangerous, it's also quite costly for those who need it. The approximate cost for the starting dose in the private sector is about 118 rand per month for 0.625 milligrams. According to medical doctor, trans activist and author, Dr. Anastasia Thompson, Premarin is an outdated and dangerous product. I think I, I firstly want to kick off by asking what exactly is Premarin? A form of estrogen. Estrogen is one of the sex hormones that body, well, that human bodies produce um, independently on their own. And Premarin is a form not a synthetic, it's actually a host-derived and equine form of estrogen that is administered to people in order to supplement or increase the estrogen levels. So it's a hormone that fulfills the same role as natural estrogen produced by the body, but it is sourced from an equine origin. Now, so you said equine origin. Um, that's, I think my next question is, it's apparently made from horse urine. Exactly right. That's in fact what the word stands for, Premarin, pregnant mare urine. That's the origin of the word. Okay. And also, these horses are kept under very inhumane circumstances? Absolutely. Uh, these, these animals are abused and exploited. It's, it's really, really tragic. Basically, the life cycle of a mare that is used for Premarin production is that she spends pretty much her entire life being repetitively impregnated, having her urine drained, and then when the foal is born for a very short period, um, she will nurse that foal, and then the foal will be taken away, either destroyed or herself reared for permanent production, and then the original male will be impregnated again. So it's absolutely shameful what sense of process they're kept in cramped and dirty circumstances. They don't have freedom to move around, um, and they basically spend their lives pregnant until they are unable to be impregnated further, and then um, they're sold off for destruction. What are the risks of taking Premarin? So with any kind of hormone therapy, there are risks associated, and the risks associated with Premarin are the same as with any estrogen. However, the likelihood of experiencing any of these adverse events or side effects is much higher with Premarin because it is a conjugated equine estrogen rather than what we call a bioidentical hormone. Bioidentical meaning that the hormone is exactly the same as the one produced by the human body. So the most significant risks associated with Premarin would be events related to the cardiovascular system and blood clots. So we're talking about things like deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, strokes, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, um, and depending on the population group that it's used in, sometimes a risk of cancer for the breast or endometrium. Apart from these, uh, these risks, what side effects can you experience if you are on, on, on this drug? <clears throat> so the side effects that are generally associated with any estrogen supplement, and especially with Premarin, um, would be bloating, mood swings, abdominal cramps, headaches. Um, by and large, those are the common side effects that are most frequently seen. Now, as I understand it, the, the South African government hospitals are kind of prescribed this as the drug of preference. That's absolutely right. Um, 
the real reason for that is that state sector hospitals procure medications on tender from pharmaceutical companies, and presumably the bill that they've been able to secure on Premarin um, has been more favorable than on other medications with a better risk profile. Also, some of the transgendered women that I've been speaking to that have been receiving treatment or have heard about this drug feel that it's sort of a, an experiment being conducted on them. How do you feel about this statement? Yeah, so this is a this is a very tricky statement to report. And, and the truth is that for transgender women, we are, as medical professionals, and, and I said this wearing my doctor hat now, you know, I'm a transgender woman myself, um, but the truth is that we, we don't have a very prolific body of evidence to tell us how best to optimize hormone therapy for transgender individuals. And this is due to a variety of circumstances, but the fact of the matter is that the, the scientific evidence is simply not robust enough. However, there are very good reasons to believe that all of the evidence we have relating in general to Premarin and other forms of hormone replacement when we use them in cisgender patients uh, that a lot of that information will remain true and reliable when speaking in the context of transgender patients. So as we know, in general, Premarin has a worse side effect profile than some of the other forms of estrogen, and we don't have any reason to suspect that that should suddenly be different in a transgender patient. Doctor, what can be used as an alternative? So as I've mentioned already, there are many other forms of estrogen that are available. And probably the, well, I'd say at this point, almost certainly the best kind of estrogen to use is a bioidentical estrogen replacement. So that would be something like, if you fancy the scientific name, 17-beta estradiol. This is marketed in several forms. Um, probably the most well-known would be Estrofem on the South African market. Um, it comes in preparations that can be used or applied on the skin, like Estradot. It's sold as Estrace, uh, sorry, Estrace. Um, estradiol valerase. These are all just some of the many examples of much safer estrogen preparations that are available. Also, um, it's about, I've heard that it's only effective for 10 months and then it starts losing its effectiveness. All right. So again, this is an area where we're not absolutely certain um, of the facts here. Generally, exogenous hormones, that means hormones that are um, sort of administered in the form of medication generally are as efficacious as endogenous hormones that the hormones produced by their own body. Many transgender patients will report noticing changes from the hormone therapy that they're on over a long period of time. Again, not necessarily all of these women have been on um, Premarin. The fact of the matter, and this is very important to realize, is that stability and controlling hormone levels is very, very important for transgender patients. It's not enough just to um, give people a massive dose of estrogen or testosterone at the outset and then hope that that's going to do the trick. It's really about maintaining those hormones with appropriate biological levels in order to ensure that um, both mineral density, cardiovascular health, general well-being, and obviously secondary sexual characteristics um, are all taken into account. And then, of course, do, do you have a choice? Let's say I'm, I'm planning to um, kind of go through a transition and I end up at a government hospital. Do I have a choice between taking Premarin and something else, or is that just something that's given to me? 
So it's going to depend from institution to institution. But as a general rule, Premarin is probably the first-line treatment that is available in most government facilities in South Africa. And in order to get access to any other kind of hormone therapy, particularly one that is more expensive than Premarin, would require motivation. And that's often a, a lengthy and potentially impossible process to navigate. Now, there is the petition out to get Premarin banned in South Africa. How easy is it with a petition like that, or is there other ways that we need to go about to get the stuff off the, off the shelves? Again, a very difficult question to answer. It is certainly important to have a petition out there because this can reflect the sentiment of the public, also of the community that is being exposed to this potentially very dangerous medication. There are other routes that can be considered, and this would potentially involve approaching bodies like the Medicine Control Council, or I think they might be referred to now as SAPRA, um, South African Pharmaceutical Regulatory Authority, in order to review the information available on Premarin and redetermine whether this is in fact uh, the most appropriate treatment available and whether the risks outweigh the benefits. The other potential avenue is also to engage with pharmaceutical suppliers and companies themselves in order to make safer and more effective treatments more readily available. And then, of course, the other thing is go and sign the petition. Absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, the petition is a hugely important step. Um, definitely, there are a lot of cogs that make up the system that is public health, and it's often very difficult to get the attention of the higher-ups in these government institutions. But expressing support for the cause and saying, that we as citizens of South Africa, we as allies of transgender people, or we as transgender people ourselves, are not prepared to, um, to stand for this any longer. The National Council for SPCAs says that according to their knowledge, Premarin is not made locally. Pfizer import all their products. Meg Wilson, spokesman for the SPCA, says, Are you aware that Pfizer is um, using horses to harvest the urine for the making of Premarin? Uh, Rian, we are aware of this. It has been going on for years. However, according to our knowledge, this drug is not being produced in South Africa. In fact, according to Pfizer, all their products are produced overseas and imported. Just in general, I think yeah, if, if we kind of look globally and, and from an animal rights point of view, um, we're looking at about, I think my last statistic that I picked up was about 750,000 horses that are kept under very poor conditions worldwide. Do you know if animal rights groups are anything doing anything to stop this or prevent this? Look, we would hope that international animal welfare organisations are intervening in cases of animal cruelty. If the NSPCA was made aware of this happening within South Africa, action would definitely be taken in accordance with the Animals Protection Act, where violence would be removed from terrible conditions and criminal charges laid. But we obviously cannot speak for international organisations. Then also, I think that's the other thing that I sort of looked at where you might be able to give me a little bit of insight is that a lot of these mares are being kept um, pregnant permanently. What is the dangers around something like that? Orion, with pregnancy in any species comes risks and mares are obviously no different. In a normal pregnancy, mares are at risk of a number of issues, which include, but are not limited to, colic, laminitis, internal injuries, 
CT to name a few. And when you're continually putting a mare through this, it would be easy to assume that you're increasing the risk of any of these conditions. I think the other thing that's happening here, which was a bit alarming for me, was the foals. I mean, these foals get sold off to slaughterhouses, and when the mares can't fall pregnant anymore, they're kind of auctioned off. And can you, or do you want to say anything about that? Well, in terms of the legalities in South Africa, it is unfortunately legal as long as the animals are being slaughtered in a registered equine abattoir and that they're provided with the necessary care while they're still alive. However, there is a fine line between what is ethical and what is legal. The NSPCA is opposed to the sale of unweaned or dependent animals, not only because these animals require specialised care for their physical needs, but for the mental trauma that they may endure by separation for both the mare and the foal is also concerning. You said you're not aware of any of these farms in South Africa. Um, I just want to come back to the slaughtering of horses because that's the one thing I didn't realize is that you can actually sell horse meat off to eat. I'm not so sure regarding that. I think as as long as um, the meat products are, you know, the, the consumers are aware of what they are consuming, um, it is legal. There, there is a registered horse abattoir in South Africa that I'm aware of. Last question is, you know, we, we're aware of this happening and uh, yeah, I've seen pictures on the internet. What can you, what would you suggest we can do to stop this from happening? Okay, well, according to basic research, there are alternative drugs that do not use animal products, so we, sh we would encourage the use of these alternatives, and obviously through professional medical advice. Um, furthermore, if the public is aware of these kinds of farms, we urge them to report this to our offices so that we can inspect and monitor the conditions of the animals and take action where necessary. Then if you do want to report anything, where do you go? How do you go about it? Uh, you can visit our website, which is www.nspca.co.za, which will give you the contact details for the local SPCAs. Alternatively, you can contact the NSPCA on 011-907-3750. And we just want to be clear that information will be kept strictly confidential and discretion will be used. Pfizer South Africa was not willing to do an interview with Gay SA Radio. Communications and media manager for Pfizer South Africa, Shemaine Mutlung, in a statement says, Premarin is a combination estrogen medicine indicated for the prevention or retardation of postmenopausal related osteoporosis, vasomotor and urogenital symptoms, as well as very specific endocrinological and palliative conditions as per the registered South African package insert. The manufacturing process of this medicine involves the collection of urine from pregnant mares. Pfizer has a long-standing commitment to the safety and ethical treatment of horses. All ranchers that Pfizer works with are required to comply with the code of practice for the care and handling of horses in pregnant mares urine operations, which sets forth standards for the appropriate care, feeding and exercise of horses engaged in estrogen production. For additional information, please visit www.naeric.org. Pfizer is not permitted to give medical information directly to customers. Patients should consult with a treating physician who is best placed to advise on therapeutic options and which treatment is right for them, taking into account their medical history. Attempts to make contact with the South African Medicines Control Council failed. Katya and other transgender women is appealing to the LGBTQ community and its allies to help them take a stand. 
saying it is their human right to have access to new, correct and less harmful forms of hormone replacement therapy. To sign the petition addressed to the South African Medicine Association and the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Health, you can go to www.change.org and type Help South Africa Ban Premarin in the search area. I am Rian and you are listening to Gay Say Radio, where you are family.